Welcome back to Old Nerd, Young Nerd. I'm Derek. I'm Todd. And we are continuing uh, episode seven of Picard. This would be part two for us. Mm-hmm. Um, where we last left off, we, we've kind of been doing this episode slightly out of order as opposed to a full breakdown, but that's that's fine because we talked about um, the fate of Hugh and what happened to uh, uh uh, Thad Riker, the son of Deanna Troy and Will Riker. Right. Uh, um, what we didn't talk about was how uh, Soji and um, Kestra kind of bonded because Kestra has been basically an only child living with just her parents for a long time. Right. This other young person comes and she's, she's extremely interested to find that like, this is a kind of air quotes daughter of data. Um, because she is physically only three years old. So she kind of questions like how, how could she be a daughter of data? If, uh, if a, she's only three years old and B she's, she's different from data in that she has like actual like blood and mucus and things like that. Which is kind of interesting. Uh, It's kind of interesting. Just from a, a, um, Android standpoint. Yeah. For sure. And because, uh, you know, as far as we know, at this point in the show, like data has been dead for some time. Yep. Uh, so this, this, this is a bit of foreshadowing. And obviously we don't want to give the big ending of the show away, but it's a lot of foreshadowing. It's, I mean, yeah. It's like a if lot. You're real, yeah. You know, <laughs> um, in the last couple episodes, like it, it's a lot, you don't know it's a lot, but I guess we're telling you it's a lot. And again, I don't even know if we really need to put out that disclaimer. Don't listen to this if you haven't watched the show. But like, if you're listening to episode seven of us talking about this, yeah, right. At this point, there's no disclaimers. Is, you know, yeah. I mean, like, either you watch it or like you don't really, care about spoilers. It, yeah, it's really pointless. And I kind of really think that you're listening to us to hear the background and everything. But yeah, mm-hmm. this is a huge, huge. Um, foreshadowing of what's to come on this, not just with uh, Picard and Soji, but also the uh, the folks on the ship. Mm-hmm. We haven't talked about that yet. Oh, we'll um, be getting there and, pretty quickly. All right, all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna hand it back over to you, Derek. But there's a lot that we still gotta talk about. But it's it, it you know it's a lot of foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. I really kind of want, and not that I don't love everyone listening to us, but I really want everyone just to watch the whole series in order before they even look at anything else, whether it's us or the internet or anything else, just to get that whole vibe of the show. Mm Because it's one big storyline. It's not different storylines that you would see in... Um, TNG, DSN. Uh, yeah, it's not. Or, it's not episodic like Star Trek usually is. Yeah, I mean, it's like one long storyline. It's, so, it, it's like, ten I really. It's ten extremely interconnected episodes with, and, and it's and it's awesome with plot but, revelations in in episode seven, referencing episode two, and it's, you know things like that. Yeah, I, I mean, like they really like uh, interconnect everything, but. 
I'll, I, I'm going to shut up right now, Derek, and I'm going to let you continue because mm-hmm. uh, I, have a, I have a tendency to talk too much. Um, so, you know, Kestra, like, Kestra never knew data, obviously, because she hadn't been born yet, but right. she knew about, she knew about data and learned from data from her parents. Like she knew that data served with them and Picard, who Riker refers to as the greatest Starfleet captain ever. Mm-hmm. And he is my personal favorite captain as well. So I'll agree with that. No, same here. Yep. Uh, you know, so she asked, she asked things of um, Soji that like, you know, things that data like, like, can Soji play the violin? No. Does she lock, does she like Sherlock Holmes? She guesses so. Does she have super speed and super strength? Yes. So it's kind of like she it's it, it I kind of like this cuz it's something like um well are you a are you a child of data because this these are things data like do you like them it's a very simplistic way of looking at it So I thought that was pretty neat Oh no for sure I mean like there was there was a lot and uh for for fans of the show everyone knows that um Brett Spiner really wanted to end his tenure with um data, data yep and, the makeup and the contacts it was yeah yeah so I, like it was really having an effect on his skin and his eyes and everything else and i'm like i could totally understand that like if you mm-hmm. had to tell me every time on one screen i had to put these contacts in i have this makeup on i totally get it man like i i totally totally get it um, but that was really his main reason. It wasn't like I hate the series and I don't want to deal with Star Trek anymore. It was never that. Yeah, it was more of a physiological uh, issue with just the makeup and everything else. And like, I totally get it. So I'm cool with that. I, I and I believe in season two he he comes back, whether whether it's through. Uh, just to like a memory thing or anything else, but I know he's a part of it, which I can't wait to see. And if you've ever met him in uh, Comic Cons, he is like the funniest guy. He, you know, he loves the fans. He's he's awesome. Um, and yeah, I've complained about it before because I've been trying to track him down for I think. What was it, Derek? Like five or six years where I was trying, like every time he was at the Comic-Con, he would cancel and I would have to try and, you know, get to the next one. It was, it was like five or six uh, Comic-Cons. <laughs> um, and I finally got him and he was like, and I got him at uh, Oaks of all things. And he was like the nicest guy. He's like, let's have a picture together. Blah, blah, blah. Like, Super, super nice, and and I've been to a lot more comic cons, obviously, than Derek has, just because I'm older. But I would really encourage everyone to go to comic cons just to really experience the 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 whole fan thing. You know, to to just really feel that that the, the whole camaraderie that you get from comic cons. Cause there's, there's never a ne- I've never gotten a negative feeling ever in 
God, it's almost been 15, 20 years where I've been going to Comic-Cons, honestly, Derek, uh, where, you know, just because someone disagrees with you, it's like a loving, like it really is. And and I always segue to this with, with all these Star Trek things because I go to a lot of these shows just to get um, Star Trek autographs and everything, but it's like a big, huge loving. It's not... Oh, you you think this? You think that? It's never that. And you know, when we, when I finally met Brett Spiner, Spiner, whatever you want to, however you however he pronounces it, super nice guy, super super nice guy, and he'll talk to you about till the end of the days about his character and everything else. I you know, God, I love him because he he reminds me of me because he's like quirky and everything else and. I, I I'm just I'm throwing that out there. All right, let's get back to the episode, Derek. Let's 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 rein me back in, and I'll uh, shut up again. So you had mentioned um, the crew of the ship. Mm-hmm. So uh, basically, when Hugh activated the XPs, it it allowed uh, the tractor beam to disable, so the La Serena could escape. Right. So they get away. Uh, they discover they're being tailed um, by a Romulan ship which is being piloted by, uh, I can't remember his name. The, the yeah, guy. it's Nerissa's brother. Yeah, Nerissa's brother. I can't remember brother. his name either. Um, yeah, but he's being Soji's former lover. On... Yes. Yeah, so he's, he's uh, following them. Uh, Dr. Girardi is kind of freaking out because she doesn't want to be there anymore. Um, this is actually like the first F-bomb, I think, in, in Star Trek history is dropped here. Mm-hmm. Where she says the uh, Picard can handle himself, and someone else could handle the effing synth. In which I don't know how how you feel about it. I really didn't like that. It just seems unstar Trek. Like, yeah, the f. It's just the f bomb. I think we've talked about this in a, in an earlier episode. It just it just still doesn't sit well with me. I you know, and I uh, I curse a lot in my real life, but mm-hmm. you know I. And 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 we've made a concerted effort on the show for the last is this five or six years we've been going strong. Um but five. whatever. Five, yeah. But I um I'm more concerned with uh sharing everyone uh sharing our pins with everyone in a um family friendly manner. So I like I kind of agree with you. Like I, like Part of me feels like it was kind of forced mm-hmm. where where they use that word and they're like, okay, we're, we're um, you know, it's not uh, public television. So, and you have to pay to watch us. I was, I was kind of the same way, Derek. Uh, you know, I, I, I am used to, and granted, like in my own personal life, I curse like a sailor, you know, as the saying goes, but. I'm, you know, I'm very um, cognizant of the fact that I, I do not and I will not curse on our show. So it was kind of weird when that came up. So I agree with you, Derek. You know, I, um, I can get across my point without cursing. I, I kind of think part of the reason why they did that was to say that, hey, this is a little bit you know, out of the norm and you get this extra, but I didn't need that. 
you know, and I, and I, I hate sounding like someone, for, you know, that's in their 90s saying, you know, this is just wrong to do that. Mm-hmm. But I understand where you're coming from. It just sounded like they were trying to be edgy for the sake of being edgy. Like, yeah, uh, exactly. Like, like, this is our announcement. We're not on network TV anymore. We can say what we want kind of deal. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I agree completely. So they they get they know they're being tailed. Uh, Rios brings the ship to a full stop, hoping that the tail will um, overshoot because uh, they stopped. And he can't really detect their engines anymore. And to stop uh, Girardi from freaking out, uh, Rafi takes her and uh, starts feeding her cake because you know when you're having a bad day, what do you want, cake? Oh, I w- I would like cake. I, you know, if ever if I had that option, for sure, I would love cake when I have my, I'm having a bad day. But yeah, but Absol- absolutely, I actually like cake, and it's red velvet cake, which is. You know, red velvet's pretty delicious. <laughs> we're having a we're having a story about red velvet now. Yep. But anyway, yeah. Um. So as she's eating this cake and talking with Raffi, uh, Rio says that their little shadow, which is the ship that was um following them, returned. And he's kind of confused as to how it could have happened. And just then, Girardi begins vomiting, and it looks like blood. But uh, Rafi says it's the red velvet. Mm -hmm. So, and this is kind of like, because of the thing at the beginning where you see that she swallows the tracking device, like, we know what's happening here. Right. Why they're able to follow, and they can't lose her. Um. So they take her to the sick bay, and she insists she's fine and that she simply ate too much. And uh, he thinks that um, he says he simply took her aside because he thinks that uh, Rafi's actually being tracked by the Romulans. And he was right. suspicious of how she was acting on Free Cloud, doing like a, well, I'm just going to leave forever. Thanks for the ride kind of thing. And then coming back with no explanation. Mm hmm. And, uh, you know, Girardi knows she's the one being tracked and she's kind of trying to like talk him out of it without admitting it, but Rios isn't believing her. And, you know, he, he says that, you know, she's been on the ship the whole time. Like how, how would they have put a tracker on her? So the, he gets an alert from the bridge that the, the ship is back. So he goes to head to the bridge and then Dr. Girardi replicates, um, I can't pronounce this. I'm not even going to try. Basically, it's something that's going to make her vomit up the tracker or uh, cancel out the tracker. And it ends up basically putting her in a coma. But it does reactivate that um, medical program that she kind of disabled once she murdered uh, her, her, her ex, basically. Did that shock you when that happened? You know, and, and oh, that it happened did. in a previous episode. It, it I, did because, uh, it, and and I'm, again, I'm interrupting, but like that shocked me. At that from, point, you know, from a Star Trek standpoint, well, like, and it, I was like shocked. It would too because happened. you you wouldn't know at that point that she'd been like essentially programmed to be a sleeper agent. No, I like, and not just that, but where 
the fact that she's a sleeper agent and she kills someone. Like, I was, like, shocked when that happened. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, when they got him back on the ship, I'm like, I would, like, that really was one of the big shockers of the season for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know about for you, but I was, you know, obviously, if you watch other TV shows, that's, like, kind of, like, the norm, but for a Star Trek series, like that really shocked me. Oh, absolutely. But, anyway, uh, but but you know. Anyway, so we're going back. So she takes this this drug, and I don't even remember what it was either. Yeah. Well, um, I, I see the name of it. I'm just not gonna butcher it because <laughs> I just okay. don't want to butcher it. <laughs> All right. So be, she she takes out the tracker, it puts her in a coma, but they're able to lose the ship because he can't track them anymore. Right. Um, so now they're actually able to head to um, Nepenthe and meet up with Picard because he, he had been on planet kind of wondering where they were and debating if he should find alternate transportation. Mm-hmm. Um, you get one last quick flash over to the cube and Elnor. He he discovers a comm chip similar to one that Seven of Nine gave to Picard that would allow him to signal the Fenris Rangers. So right. he, he signals them and then just kind of finds a place to hide. Mm-hmm. And the episode ends on Nepenthe with uh, Picard talking to Riker. Riker tells him that the the La Serena just came into contact range um, the previous late the previous evening, and Riker asks Picard what the crew's like. He refers to them as decidedly motley, <laughs> right? And that they've had nothing but drama since they left Earth. And then Picard asks Riker if he had ever thought about going back to Starfleet which Riker lets him know he's on active reserve. So even, which I, I like that because Riker always seemed like a, a tried and true quote unquote military man, so to speak. Right. Like someone who could never fully take it off. I mean, he gave up Deanna Troy for his career years ago and it just happened to work out that they got married decades later. He didn't just do that. He also always did the right thing, even with the Pegasus. If you remember that, the episode for the Pegasus series, uh, that titled as the Pegasus, where they were working on a um, cloaking device. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. But he always did the right thing. So it was always not just, I'm just going to do whatever Picard says. I'm going to do the right thing regardless. And, well, we'll talk about this later, about doing the right thing versus just, you know, retiring. Mm-hmm. Because it comes up later. And I'm not going to, like, ruin it for anyone. Uh, obviously, uh, everyone who's actually watched it knows what I'm talking about, but I'm not going to bring it up. But he he literally does what he should be doing and being the strong person that he is. You know what I mean? Yep. So. But, you know, he's, he says he's on active reserve, but he would need a very good reason to actually go back into the field. Right. Exactly. Which, you know, given everything that happened to his son and his family already, I, I, I it's totally understandable that he would just oh, want to yeah, live sure. the quiet like, life. I, like, be I would safe. be very um, jaded. To even go back, considering the fact that they've outlawed uh, positronic matrices, or you know, be, which caused his son to die. You know what I mean? So I, like, I do understand where he's coming from. 
Yeah, but that's a that's a whole different story for later on. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, that's what I gotta say about episode seven. I mean, episode seven had a lot, a lot, and it really and, did. And and they actually, it's kind of funny if you like Google it. They actually talk about episode seven where Riker makes pizza, and I was like. That is so awesome. And you know does, what I mean? He, like he does make he has like a brick oven in his house and he made yeah, brick I'm oven, like, fresh brick I would oven pizza. Totally do that. I'm like, dude, I would totally eat your pizza. You know what I mean? Like it was like just awesome. Because well, there's so much other stuff going on in the episode, but it's like episode seven, Riker makes pizza. <laughs> and I don't know if um you've met Jonathan Frakes. I'm sure you have. I have, yeah. He, he super seems, nice guy. I was gonna say he super, seems like a guy nice that guy. you would like to have like a slice of pizza with and have a conversation oh with him, him and Marina Sirtis because they're they always go together. Mm-hmm. It's kind of funny because you always like oh we're just actors blah blah blah, but they make the cutest little couple. And you know <laughs> I'm not gonna even go there, but you know it, it's it's just always amazing. I have videos from you know talking with them and everything else and. Marina Sirtis, she's she's so lovely, and Jonathan Frakes, he's so lovely. Um, he does a lot of uh, directing with sci-fi and everything else. Super, super awesome people. So there's not a negative thing I could ever say about any of them. But I just love like talking to them and listening to their stories because sometimes there's if there's not a lot of questions, they'll just like uh, recant. Not recant, um, you know, tell a lot of stories from, you know, being on set and everything else. And it's just awesome. So, but that's, that's my two cents. My so, two cents, five cents, ten cents. God only knows, Derek. Before, before we wrap up, just to touch on it briefly, because there, there was a lot of character development in this episode for Soji, like in conversations with her and Kestra and everyone else. Right. Uh, and the episode kind of ends with um her and Kestra forming like this really nice like almost sisterly kind of friendship. Mm-hmm. Although Soji still doesn't really trust any of them, which is understandable. Yeah, it's I understandable mean, coming from where from where she's coming from. Yeah. Well, yeah, and the last guy she trusted tried to assassinate her. So yeah, yeah, for sure. But the episode ends with Picard saying two to beam up. Which, anytime I can hear him saying anything about beaming up or engage or whatever, is just <laughs> it's the, still the greatest thing. Yeah, for sure. And is, is it fair to say that Will Riker was the Captain Kirk of the Next Generation? Uh, without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, I, like that's a whole different conversation, dude. But he was definitely the player <laughs> um, that that Kirk was uh, in the original series. You know, I would love to talk to several Orion slave girls, you know, even if you actually watch enterprise and feel and realize that they're not actually slave girls, Mm -hmm. which was really awesome to me. Did you ever watch that season four? No. uh, Enterprise. Oh, nope. They're really not slave girls, but you know, that that's a whole different thing altogether. But, um, I say I'm pretty sure they based like Riker's character off of Kirk, because he he tends to lead all the away missions. 
Oh no, and, and he's was, the no, sex no, no. appeal you're, guy. You're entirely correct. I mean, like he was totally like um, the Kirk version. And correct uh, me if I'm wrong. Generation. Riker's name is William T. Riker, isn't it? Correct. William <laughs> Tiberius Rikers. I don't know what his middle actual initial is, but you know, obviously Kirk is uh, Kirk Tiberius. Um, right. You know, James Tiberius Kirk. Well, and they named him William, and that's William Shatner. Yeah. So, which is true. I mean, like he was. It, it, it's always interesting to see. Obviously, I didn't do the. Um, uh the hiring or anything else but yeah there was definitely a lot of parallels that they were trying to do back in the 80s to you know jump started he was definitely more of a player in the first uh two seasons oh for sure until yeah. they until they really like um started yeah. like working on the whole Imzadi thing yeah they, they, uh, that they in did. quite a bit yeah um when you I say data's like the Spock almost. Yeah. In yeah. Terms. I mean, like they, they, if you have a, a good uh, mix, then why change it? So mm-hmm. pretty much, you know, it was, it was really, it was a really different th- time, Derek, really different time, you know, and, you know, even for, you know, talking about sci-fi and everything else it's really different for what i you know grew up with versus what you grew up with mm-hmm. but that's why we have the show you know where we can you know interact between the two genres so i'm kind of i'm kind of thankful for that all right so that'll wrap up um this episode episode seven of picard we'll come back next time talking about episode eight which is entitled broken pieces Yes. Uh, in the meantime, make sure to continue following us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Old Nerd Young Nerd. And just please keep on listening. All right. And I'm Todd. I'm Derek. And remember, and remember normal is the new boring. Thanks for listening, everybody. All right. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>